This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. to So Circular, a sustainability radio show and podcast discussing waste reduction and circular economy. I'm Anthea Medill of Remix Plastic and this program is brought to you by The Rubbish Whisperer. Kia ora katoa katoa and welcome to episode 11 of So Circular. In this episode we will be discussing food waste, so what it is, why it's such a problem and what we can do about it. But before we start, some good news. The government has announced a potential ban on hard-to-recycle single-use plastic items, which includes plastic straws, drink stirrers, produce bags and tablewares like bowls and cutlery, and also non-compostable fruit stickers. Uh, For more information on the proposal and resources to help you make a submission, check out The Rubbish Trip, and we'll have a link for that on our website. Uh, The second piece of news is that there's an exciting new sharing economy app launching this month in Christchurch. It's called Mutu, and it's similar to Trade Me, uh, but it's for renting equipment. So say you have tramping gear or DIY stuff, um, you can make money off it by loaning it out when you're not using it, and you can borrow stuff off people in your community instead of having to buy. You're listening to So Circular with Anthea Madill of Remix Plastic, featuring discussions on waste reduction and circular economy in practice. Brought to you with support from The Rubbish Whisperer and Plains FM. We're happy to have Helen Townsend from The Rubbish Whisperer with us again today. Morena, Helen. Kia ora, Anthea. I'm pretty excited today because unlike last month's episode on palm oil, food waste is such a solvable problem and nobody wants it and there are endless solutions to prevent it. Hooray. So this is going to be a good one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so food waste causes all sorts of environmental issues. So like with anything we buy, it has to be produced and transported to us. Uh, and then if we don't even use it and just compost it or put it in the bin, then it's just the same old take-make-waste linear system um, without us gaining anything from it. Uh, And it's all very well thinking that it doesn't matter that I didn't eat it because I gave it to the dog or I put it in the compost, but it still took nutrients and water and fuel and all of that stuff to grow it and get it to us. So it is still wasting resources. Yeah, and we waste a lot. Um, So in New Zealand, we waste 157,389 tonnes of food a year, which is a really exact figure. Unfathomable (laughs) amount of food. It is an unfathomable amount of food. And it's worth um, 1.5. One seven billion dollars annually, um, which is what we're paying for food that we're wasting, um, and it's enough to feed the population of Dunedin for nearly three years. It's <laughs> an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's that's a, a huge amount, amount of food. Um, And so as we've explained in other episodes, circular systems can provide solutions for problems like this. Uh, And a circular economy aims to design out waste and pollution, keep products and materials in use and regenerate natural systems. Uh, And as you've already mentioned, there's loads of solutions for each of these principles when it comes to food waste. When it comes to designing out waste and pollution, there are a few points to consider. So, yes, there are ways that companies can design out waste, but let's focus on shoppers so that we can have some achievable actions for today. Uh, So the best thing that we can do is not let stuff go off in the fridge. So we waste food because we cook too much, we don't eat our leftovers, we buy too much in the first place, or we don't store it correctly. Yeah, and we eat too much as well. (laughs) (laughs) uh, As we discovered in last month's episode on palm oil, 36% of the cost of New Zealand diets is spent on unhealthy food and drinks. 
Um, so a really interesting thing that I learned um, when we were researching this episode is that most of us don't like the white space of an empty fridge and we tend to want to fill it up. Um, which, of course, means that there's always something we forget about that ends up rushing in the back. Yeah. Um, and after learning that, I have made a conscious decision to not have a problem with having an empty-looking fridge. Oh, good <laughs> um, and I've also started making sure that I put things in places in the fridge that I actually look, so I don't put things in the door anymore, because I just, for some reason, don't see that stuff. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And another thing I do is put leftovers straight in the freezer rather than feeling like I have to have the same meal, like, days in a row. (laughs) I have the same meal days in a row, but it's really boring. (laughs) Um, I recently downsized my fridge uh, to one that can fit under the bench, and it means that there's not so much space for veggies. So now what I do is I put the broccoli in a jar of water on the bench, and this means that if I don't eat it, I have to watch it slowly turning yellow. (laughs) That's depressing. Actually, it goes slowly and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's yellow. <laughs> uh, so I've discovered that now I can't hide from it. I don't waste as much. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Um, uh, and food is also wasted along the supply chain. So before it even gets to us, um, supermarkets want to sell beautiful-looking and perfectly identical produce, which leads to really high standards for producers. And apparently 40% of bananas are thrown away by farmers because they don't fit the standards set by supermarkets, which is basically that they're too bent, too straight, too long, too short, too fat, or too thin. That's totally insane. 40%. And they're still edible. crazy. No one's going to go, oh, my banana's too big, and it's a little <laughs> or it's more too bent. bent. <laughs> Everyone who's grown their own veggies knows that they're never uniform in size and shape. Anyway, um, so this, that's just totally silly. But um, this is what we've come to expect when we buy from the supermarket. Um, but there's some good news already, which is luckily New Zealanders are starting to see sense, and there are numerous campaigns to get supermarkets to loosen their cosmetic standards. Um, and Countdown has a range of uh, ugly fruit and vegetables called the Odd Bunch, <laughs> and it has diverted 500 tonnes from landfill since 2017. Man, that's it's, heaps. Yeah, I saw them the other day, and I looked at them, and I'm like, well, they're called the Odd Bunch, so they must be Something. ugly, but they look fine. Yeah. And I got it confused, and, and they were fine, yeah. obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, In another area of the supply chain where there is waste is when we buy food that is grown on the other side of the world. Um, So when there's a really long supply chain, it's inevitable that some of the food won't arrive to us in sellable condition. Yeah, so food that is wasted when it's transported from farm to market is a big problem in developing countries where there aren't the facilities for fast and cool transportation or for storage. But with the amount of food being wasted in New Zealand, this is definitely our problem. Um, And if we have the infrastructure and the capability of moving food to market while it's still fresh, then it's totally immoral for us to waste so much. Mm. Um, One of the ways that we deal with long supply chains is to wrap food in plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to talk about cucumbers again. I'm always talking about cucumbers. (laughs) The wrapping uh, cucumber in plastic increases the shelf life fivefold. And plastic producers say wrapping it in just 1.5 grams of plastic film extends its quality dramatically. But there's a but, yeah, isn't there? there's always a but when it comes to plastic. Um, that's the thing, is that you're considering the life cycle of a product, then there are so many different factors that you need to take into account. So with single-use plastics, it may extend the life of the the food that's in it, but the weight of the plastic isn't the issue. It's the fact that it's a non-renewable fossil fuel uh, and has an environmental impact. 
there's also a difference between prolonging shelf life from farmer to market versus once it's with the customer. Um, and as we've already mentioned, prolonging shelf life once food is in our homes isn't all it's cracked up to be because a major source of food waste is abandoned food in our fridges. Yeah, and if we have the perception that food is going to last longer, then we have a tendency to forget about it. Um, and as usual, it's a systemic problem. Uh, if we're going to produce food, including cucumbers, far away from where we eat them, uh, then we're going to need plastic packaging. So shorter food miles means better food quality and less transportation and CO2 emissions. Yeah, and there's other options like eating in season and urban farming as well. Yeah, and that's right. So um, let's talk about the top 10 foods that are wasted in New Zealand. All right, hit me with it. I'll give you a list. (laughs) They are bread, leftovers, oranges and mandarins, apples, bananas, potatoes, poultry, rice, lettuce and beef. So out of those, what would be the ones that you would waste the most? Um, Well, I don't waste beef because I hardly ever eat it. Um, Or chicken because it's expensive and I feel guilty about the animal that died so I can just throw it away. That's fair. Um, Bananas are easy to use up because I can make them into cakes and smoothies. Mm -hmm. So probably mandarins or lettuce because sometimes mandarins go rotten before I get to eat them. And yeah, same with lettuce. Mm. What about you? Um, so mine used to be leftovers until I got into the habit of bagging them in the freezer, so that's not too bad now. Uh, my daughter does often have half-eaten meals, so I try to finish them, but that's not always the most fun. <laughs> it's classic parenting, yeah. though. <laughs> that's probably how I keep getting her colds. <laughs> um, and of those on the list, I think it's probably lettuce. Um, that's my Achilles heel, because uh, they just go so far. Mm. Um I've started growing perpetual lettuce in the garden so that I can take leaves as I want them, but then I sometimes forget that I have that in the garden, so I don't eat it. Yeah. Uh, and then when I do buy lettuce, I have started like pre-washing it and chopping it up and putting it in a container in the fridge with a little bit of water, which makes it go way further than just chucking it in the veggie drawer. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Um, I haven't tried that, but my broccoli likes a little bit of water. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sure the lettuce will too. Um, I find the same problem with cabbage because there's only so much cabbage I want to eat. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want to buy a pre-cut, over-packaged half cabbage either. Yeah. Um, so here, food sharing is a really good way to go, um, which you and I have done. Yeah. When one of us buys like a giant pumpkin <laughs> or a cauliflower. I accidentally bought too much food. Yeah. <laughs> Take some of this food for me. Um, and if you're wanting more tips on ways to reduce waste and store food to make it last longer, check out lovefoodhatewaste.co.nz. They've got heaps of resources to help, and that link will be on the website. Yep. So, Anthea, what about, what about potatoes? Do you peel them? I love potatoes so much, and of course I don't peel them. The skins are the best <laughs> bit, Helen. <laughs> Did you know that half the potatoes' dietary fibre is in the skin? That's why they're so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't peeled a potato since 2006. <laughs> The fact you know the year. I remember standing in the kitchen and thinking, why bother peeling this potato? <laughs> Save so much time. Life's too peeling. short. Life's too short to peel potatoes. <laughs> um, so you know what's worse than the top ten list, and you're going to hate this one. What? I feel like it's going to be something nice. <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, Kiwis throw away, and again, a specific number, 1,787 tonnes of cake every year. <coughs> no, not cake. <laughs> but it still go. It should be illegal, and they should just bring it to my place. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of cake to have at your place. <laughs> I have to, like, to get a, get a storage container. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's the equivalent of three jumbo jets of cake. <laughs> I may need to lie down with this awful fact. <laughs> 
So some ways that you can reduce the time and transportation energy of your food is to buy from local places, so local farmers markets and small greengrocers. Um, and there are also loads of Patakakai community pantries popping up around the country, and these are locations where you can drop off excess food, whether it's from your garden or just stuff that you've accidentally bought too much of, uh, and pick up other stuff that you need for free. So basically sharing with your neighbours, but yeah. including people that you don't know. Yeah, you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> introverted. Yeah, sorry. Where's your community spirit? <laughs> uh, so pataka kai is the Māori word for a food storehouse or a pantry. Yeah. Um, and they have, there's a map on their website. I'll put a link on our website so you can find if you've got one in your neighbourhood. Um, and moving on to keeping products and materials in use. Uh, this isn't quite as obvious with food as with other stuff, but it still applies to food waste issues. Uh, so when food ends up in landfill, it decomposes without oxygen, and as a result, it releases methane, which is a harmful greenhouse gas. Yeah, so if food waste was a country, it would be the third largest producer of carbon emissions <laughs> behind China and the United States, which is awful, <laughs> and such unnecessary carbon emissions. Um, and what's more, 300 million barrels of oil are used each year to produce food that goes to waste. Oh, this is just that's climate heavy, change eh? through throwing out cake. <laughs> this is not right. It's so avoidable. <laughs> um, and 40% of waste uh, sent to landfill in New Zealand is food waste and green waste that could be composted. And so that's nutrients that could be put back into the soil for growing more stuff rather than being locked up in landfills. Yeah, and um, nearly as horrifying as all that cake being wasted is the amount of water used and land deforested to grow food that we just throw away. Um, so globally, we produce enough food to feed the world, but we're still deforesting 25 million <sighs> acres of land each year for food production. Um, and and this, I don't know why, but the fresh water, this makes me feel a little ill, but 25% of the fresh water used annually goes to producing food that's wasted. Oh, man, it's so awful. That's so bad, eh? These systems that we've got are not... Not working. <laughs> no. I mean, if it was 25% that was used to, to give food to people who are hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine with oh, that. Fine with that. <laughs> but just to deforest the land, produce carbon, put fresh water in, make food, transport it to the supermarket so we can buy it and then put it in the bin. <laughs> and then it goes gets oh, transported geez. back to landfill and locked up while it releases carbon. Yeah. This is like the ultimate bad linear system yeah. because it's completely unnecessary. But nobody wants it either. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... Nobody's benefiting from this. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big size. <laughs> um, and so this is where we come to regenerating natural systems. So it seems to be a common thing that we mention in the show, um, but a lot of things don't actually become problems until you start doing them on a huge scale. And food production is exactly the same. So, for example, growing a monoculture on a huge scale depletes the ground of certain types of nutrients, which you then need uh, ad the addition of more fossil fuel-based fertilisers to keep growing stuff. So. Um, yeah, so giant corporate farms, as well as being a monoculture, lengthen the supply chain. But a solution to this is, as I already mentioned, urban farming, which I really like urban <laughs> farming. <laughs> so I've managed to wangle that in here. <laughs> and vertical farming, which is even better. So urban farming is when you use spaces in your city to grow small amounts of food. So often things like 
um, lettuce mm. and salad greens, which can then be uh, cut and go straight to the restaurants for food. Oh, yeah. And of course, they're only like 10 centimetres high, so you might as well grow them vertically yeah. and use some space instead of having an entire field that is being used to grow 10 centimetre high yeah. um, <laughs> little leaves. All that air. <laughs> All that air that's been wasted. <laughs> um, and also, if we can um, use the space that we have in the cities to grow food um, for that cities, then we're freeing up land um, mm. in the country, um, which... I guess means we don't have to deforest as much. Yeah. I would just put it all back to, what, like, the wilds. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also when you grow in, like, a vertical um, a vertical farm or an urban farm, you can control the water more easily. So you're not using – you can really direct the water and the nutrients to the plant as it needs it. Yeah. Um, which oh, is so much more efficient. And they do a lot of it in the Netherlands. So the yeah. Netherlands do really, like, sensible – urban farming yeah, for right. their, you know, their really little country where they don't have much space, but quite a big output yeah. of food. Oh, that's so, awesome. I know, it's exciting, eh? Yeah, there's so many solutions. I'd love to have more urban farms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of just wandering around and there just being food grown in all yeah. of the spaces rather than just like ornate plants. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I suspect with vertical farming, we're not going to be wandering around looking at the beautiful farm because yeah. it'll be inside a big building yeah, true. being carefully controlled. <laughs> But maybe we could have both. Yeah. That would be great. As is usual in all of our episodes, it's not really food waste that's the problem. It's a symptom of the larger issues that are all to do with having a linear economy. Yeah. Um, So it's a big job, but there are things that we can do about it as consumers. So with that, Helen, what's your do one challenge? Um, Don't waste the good stuff. If you have cake, just bring it to us and we will have it for afternoon tea. We are happy to be paid in cake. (laughs) Three jumbo jets. (laughs) Um, And my do one challenge for this month is to figure out a way that works for you to keep your scraps out of the red bin. So it may be that you set up a home compost or there are bakashi kits, which are um, like little bench, like pantry kind of compost kits and community gardens. Uh, And here in Christchurch, we're really lucky to have a curbside organics bin. So Cantabrians have no reason not to just chuck all of their food scraps in there. Uh, Great. So in our next episode, we will be discussing how technology can be used to make systems more sustainable. Exciting. I suspect I'll be learning something. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully (laughs) everybody will learn something on each of these shows, Helen. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Are there lots of nice solutions and fun stuff? Yes, there's a, a mixture. It's a mixed bag. Okay. We'll try I'll try Good. and touch on each side of the right. argument for this. Good. <laughs> Sounds fun. Cool. Uh, thanks for coming, Helen. Thank you. Kakitiano. <laughs> this is so circular. You can contact us with your feedback and questions through Facebook or Instagram using the tag at remixplastic or via our website, remixplastic.com. You can listen to all our shows online at plainsfm.org.nz. For details on upcoming shows and links to resources we've mentioned in this episode, visit remixplastic.com.